I'm co-host James Ash. And I'm co-host Phil Scaife. Welcome to the Business Lockdown. So welcome to today's show. And uh, I'd like to introduce a good friend of mine, um, Gav Cook. He's, Hello. Um, we go back a few years. He taught me Taekwondo, um, but he's so much more than that. Um, as an instructor, very good. But then he's gone on to create his own podcast, um, which we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about. Gone on to to uh, get in, invest in property as well, which I hope we get to touch on, and um, and loads of uh, loads more besides. So, welcome to the show, Gav. Hello, Phil and James. How are you guys doing today? Welcome, welcome, Gav. I just, nice to I just have to. I just. I just have to add, though, Phil, it wasn't just Taekwondo that I taught you. Didn't I, uh, didn't I get you to British Champion status? <laughs> I did, didn't like to mention it. Uh, I, you maybe noticed the, uh, the trophy. It's never more than two metres away from me. I keep, it, I keep it closer than people now, <laughs> the, uh, the British, British Championship. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and eternally grateful for that, Gav. <laughs> yeah, and we uh, we won't we won't won't mention the uh, the broken nose, either. <laughs> yeah, again, I can equally blame you for that as well. Let's blame you for the good and blame you for the bad. The uh, <laughs> yeah. no, so listen, that, thanks you, for thanks for. Sorry, yeah, sorry, can, James, over to you. Yeah, if you can, um, we're really eager to bring our audience up to speed. Give us some background on yourself. Phil's touched on. A variety of, uh, of businesses and sectors that you're involved in. Um, so yeah, if you can bring us up to speed and give us some insight. Okay, okay. So I suppose, I suppose, in a nutshell. So I, um, I'm owner of a uh, of a martial arts school called Train Taekwondo Schools. Um, we started about ten years ago. So originally, I had a, a regular full time job, and I was just, um, I just wanted to open the school just for my son, who was four at the time, um, my eldest son Harry. And I was really keen to get him to, into, into some sort of form of martial arts because I did martial arts when I was a kid. And the, uh, the benefits of martial arts when you're a child is just, is just you know, through the roof, really, in terms of like your discipline and your confidence and your self-esteem and all that sort of stuff. So I was really keen to get him into martial arts. There was no clubs in the area. So I thought, well, look, maybe now's the time for me just to hire a village hall, you know, get a couple of kids in there and just give it a go. And it started off like that. And I had sort of five, six, 10 students. And then, you know, by the end of the year, it was up to 30 or 40. And within a, in, a, in a year or two years, it was up to nearly 100 students. And I was like, well, actually, you know what? I could, I could do this full time. I could do this for a living. Um, and I suppose in America, they call it a side hustle, don't they? You know what I mean? They always say, well, get your side hustle going on. And I think, it, I think it's right. I think it's important if you've got a dream like that is to not just to, um, make it, you know, I think you always need it. So, so I would say my stance on it is always good to have a plan B. I suppose there were some people that were like, no, I'm all in, I'm all or nothing. Um, but for me, it was like, look, I, you know, I've got a family, I've got children, I've got a mortgage. I can't just go all in and, and, um, and start doing this on my own originally. Um, so I sort of, uh, saved, saved up some money, made sure I had a good, a year's worth of mortgage behind me. Um, and then it was time just to, to, to jump straight into the business full time. And that was sort of four years ago. Um, and obviously that journey has not just been a journey of building my business up to what it is now, which is over 300 students. 
um, and giving me a good a good sort of lifestyle and giving me opportunities to invest in other other business ventures. Um, it's given me more time, obviously, with my family. But that journey has not just been a journey of of martial arts. It's also been a journey of self education. It's you know listening. I you know Phil. I mean you guys. You, you know how much audio. I mean we, we're constantly talking to each other, aren't we? About the best the last podcast we've listened to or the last audio book that we've listened to and you know and I think these days it's so easy to educate to self-educate yourself you know when I was I wish now at a ripe old age of 45 I wish we had had these resources around when we were younger because you know what the things that we're doing in our 40s we could have been doing them in our 20s or 30s um, if we'd had that that education when we were young, it was always just books, and I was never one to be sat in the library. When I had the opportunity to go and punch a punch bag or or you know or hang around with my friends in the park, you know that's what we used to do. And and these days the youngsters have got so many resources available. You know they've got their audios, they've got the podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, it was a chance meeting, really, like you say, because Phil was one of my uh, one of my students and. We always used to um, talk about, you know, what audio book you listen to or what business, what business you invest in at the moment, Phil, because obviously Phil's got a number of, a number of different businesses and business partners and stuff. And, and I, I was originally into shares, wasn't I, Phil? And I remember you, you always used to be talking me, uh, talk about Bitcoin and, and I used to be talking about shares and you used to be talking about property and then you got into um, Airbnb, which sort of struck a chord with me. So then obviously we, we looked at doing that sort of stuff and, yeah, it's been quite a been quite a journey over the last sort of couple of years, I would say. Really, you know, sort of, it's amazing how you, you know, when you start going down that self education route, um, how your mind shifts, uh, and it's not a an instant thing. It's a it's a gradual process where you start really start to consider the people that you hang around with. Um, you really start to think about the influences on your life and the people that you want in your life. And what sort of influences they're they're giving you? Um, you don't want people in your life that are giving you those negative connotations all the time, giving those negative vibes. You want people, like you say, in the position we're in at the moment with the coronavirus. You know, I'm speaking to instructors daily, and you know, there's a constant negativeness. Oh, what we're going to do? We're self-employed. Sign this petition. We need to get Boris to sort of self-employed people out. And I'm like, well. You know, let's just you know we've put ourselves in this position by being self-employed let's take some ownership for it and let's look for a different avenue let's look at a way of of growing you know rather than sitting tight and putting the anchors on let's start looking for an opportunity in this uh, so when when everything goes back to normal we're the ones stood at the top of the mountain looking down thinking well you know you look at was it uh, warren buffett he talks about be be brave when everyone else is being fearful right and be and be fearful when everyone else is being brave and everyone's been brave for the last sort of five or six years because the economy has been doing well and all of a sudden the uh <laughs> the shit's hit the fan <laughs> i like the way you asked okay you didn't get an answer you still went for it <laughs> <laughs> so, so 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 the shit's hit the fan and and there's you know everyone's oh well no it's this and this it's their fault no, it's your fault you know you've, you've not you've not put you you know, you should have saw this coming, really. So I think now's the time um, why everyone is, is, is bolting the doors to start looking for that, that 
um, those openings. And that's, that's the entrepreneur's mm. attitude, isn't it? You guys know that, you know, look at the podcast that you're doing and look at the businesses and the stuff that you guys are it's doing. Like, there's a great quote, isn't there? Uh, you don't know who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's that, isn't exactly. it? You know, that's, that's the time we're living in right now. The, the tide couldn't have gone out any quicker and couldn't have gone out any further. Um, yeah, and there's a, there's, a, there's a few people who have been found out. It is, and it's, and it's funny. I was, and I was just talking to my wife um, yesterday. I went for a stroll yesterday while, while we could before the lockdown happened. And it was actually a lot of the people that you almost put on a pedestal or you almost aspired to be like because they've got these big, big businesses with hundreds of staff and they're sitting there thinking... You know, and, you, and you're like, look at them. I want to be like that one day. We're, we're small at the moment. I want to be like that. And actually, they're the ones that are feeling it the most yeah. because they've got to lay off hundreds of staff and they're, you know, they've gone. And it's happened so fast, nobody could have foreseen it. Yeah. Where, where we're still quite small and nimble. So we're, we're able to, you know, to pivot when we need to pivot and we're able to diversify quickly and we can easily change our direction of what we're doing and move it into a different area. Hence the, the virtual training that obviously I'm going down, down the yeah. route of now, you know, tell us about, tell, yeah, tell us about your journey into virtual training. Uh, how did that start? Where did it come from? How, and where are you so, at with it? Yeah. So it's something that's been on our mind. So myself, um, I have a, obviously, as you guys know, I've got another business partner called Jackson White. You know, we were we were friends. You know, we grew up together in the sort of late seventies, early eighties, and and we've been friends ever since. And obviously, he's the gentleman that we um, that I do the podcast with. Um, I'll get onto the podcast a little bit while we started that and stuff like that. But but in terms of the um, the journey into the virtual stuff, it's something that's always been on our mind to start digitizing everything that we're doing. See, we, you know, we're martial arts instructors with, with a wealth of knowledge, you know, sort of 38, 40 years worth of experience behind us in doing our martial art. And if we got hit by a bus tomorrow, that's lost. It's gone. It's gone forever. So why not in the age that we're in now start trying to put all of those knowledge, all of that experience into, into video format? I know video format will be outdated again, probably another 10 years, it'll be holograms. But at the same time, you know, you know that, that knowledge will live on and that, that, that experience will live on to our kids and, and et cetera. So really, you know, it's always been one of those things we've been thinking about doing, but like everything else, we're so busy running businesses, day-to-day -day stuff, you, you, it always gets put to the back burner. When all of a sudden, Within a week, or probably even less than that, businesses have just stopped. You know, all of a sudden, I can't teach my class anymore. You know, I've got 300 students that are all waiting for me. To, you know, they want me to teach them every day or every week. They all pay me a monthly subscription. Okay, so that's my that's my main source of income. I thought, you know, was pretty pretty solid. I thought everyone's good. You know, I'm a good instructor. You know, I've got a big club. Um, everyone enjoys it. People are always going to want their kids to learn some sort of martial art. This is never going to be one of those things that ever dies. And within the space of probably two weeks, whole parts of the industry have just gone because people don't know how to move online. So, and there was a, it was a conversation again, Phil, is that, that conversation I had with you, you know, I phoned Phil a week or so ago, I was like, Phil, it's, it's a nightmare. I'm potentially going to lose everything overnight. You know, give me some advice. 
and um, Phil's advice was, um, you know, I can always look to Phil for advice and he's, he's brilliant at creating opportunities, you know, and having that, you know, you know, you sit down, you have a conversation, you walk away thinking, Jesus, I don't know if you've found that James, when you have these conversations with Phil. Never. It's normally, <laughs> it's, not, it's always it. I mean, Phil, this is an opportunity for Phil to say the same about me, isn't it, Phil? Yeah. I'm like, I'm like a ventriloquist dummy for James. It's all, it, 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 I channel his. I channel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Absolutely. In all seriousness, absolutely. But I think we find that both ways at different times, it's, depending on how energised we are. It's the, net, it's the network you've got around you, isn't it? Right? It, yeah. it's, you, you're, you're constantly picking things up and, and piecing it together. It, and you're just constantly doing that, isn't it? So, you really? know, no, nothing, nothing's kind of new. It's just come from somewhere else and being repackaged. It's that kind of thing. But sorry, back, yeah, back to your story. So we had that conversation. Um, yeah. And, 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 and you, really you, you, you turned around to me and said, um, well, look, you know, who, who are people? You know, think about your podcast, think about the audio books that you listen to. Who, who, was, who are people that you aspire to be or, you know, what influencers do you listen to? And what would know? Put yourself in their shoes and what would they do? Because I was talking about um, reducing my training fees and thinking, well, actually, there was a lot of posts by instructors saying, you know, sending out messages to all their students saying look please stand by me um i'm self-employed you know if you don't keep paying your training fees there might not be a club to come back to right and i get that but this goes back a little bit what we're talking you're almost acting like a bit of a victim you know you're you're almost being a bit that victim mentality it's almost like you know i'm here please support me which i get that and students do want to support you but I, I, I went back and thought, you know what? No, I'm going to add value. I'm going to add masses of value. I'm not just going to have a little bit of value. I'm going, to, I'm going to add masses of value. So these students that now only see me, that used to see me once a week, some of them, the, the ninja classes that I do, you know, I have students pay me a monthly subscription. Some of them only see me for 35 minutes a week, right? Some of their kids, right? But they love it. They're getting good value. They're learning courtesy and discipline and self-control. I'm laughing because Oakley feels so one of my ninjas and he just walked past the camera. But, um, hey, Oakley. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so, so some of these, some of these ninjas only seen me for 35, 45 minutes a week. So now I've, I've gone to the parents and I've said to them, right, you're going to see me twice a day now for five days a week. For the money, the same money that you used to pay me, you're not going to see me once a week. You're actually going to see me five times a week. But not only that, you're going to get the opportunity to send your videos back to me and I'm going to analyze them based on what you've learned in those videos. And you're going to get daily worksheets emailed to you every day, which tell you what you need to help your, your kids with. And like you say, you're going to get the chance to be in the prize draw and you're going to get this and you can ask me questions. All of a sudden, that value, it actually, I actually was tempted to actually pull it up. You know what I mean? I was actually, no, I'm giving far too much value now for that money. It's bizarre how, you, how your mind shifted. So I, I had students sort of texting me saying, well, what's going to happen, uh, Mr. Cook, with the training fees? Are you, are you cancelling it? I'm like, no, we're going online now. We're doing virtual classes every day, twice a day. Um, you'll see me five days a week. Um, and that was it. And... It was, it was a bizarre because I went to class and I stood up in front of 20, 30 parents and told them what I'm going to be doing. And it wasn't like what most clubs have done in the area. They've gone, 
Unfortunately, guys, you know, we've had to shut our doors. I don't know if we're ever going to reopen. Cancel your monthly subscriptions. We're really sorry. It's been a great ride. I'm really upset. I just don't know what to do. I might lose my house. I might do this. And that's the attitude that a lot of clubs were giving. Well, I went in really upbeat. I said, look, guys, it's going to be a change, yes, but it's going to be a change for the better. We're going to be going online. You're going to, you know, you're going to get to train with me five times a week. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to send you this. I'm going to send you that. And actually, they were like, and I was getting parents in the car park saying, that's awesome what you're doing. You know, nobody's doing that. Yeah. Everyone's just, you know, that's, we you know, it's great because it gives our kids a little bit of normality when they're stuck inside. It's the one thing that they can keep doing, which gives them a bit of a, um, the same same reality that we had. And and it's funny because I've just had a, a conversation with, a, with a loads of instructors this afternoon I said, we're actually in a quite a privileged position because you can't do online swimming. You can't do <laughs> online football. You can't do online cricket. You can't do online gymnastics. Well, I suppose to a degree. But actually, martial arts, you can actually do this yeah, online yeah. because it goes down that fitness type route. And yeah. not just the fitness, I'm still going on the camera and I'm still talking to the students saying, you know, it'd be good for me, mum and dad. It'd be a good courtesy. You help them wash up. You help them tie. And because they look up to me as as a martial arts instructor, you know, kids, you're almost like a father figure and Phil, you'll probably, you know, you probably see that to a degree with Oakley. It's, you know, there's like, you know, when, when you speak to them as a, as your dad, you're their dad. And all of a sudden, well, when Mr. Cook speaks to you, yeah. they listen and it's like, Oh, Mr. Cook. So I'm on the TV now saying, look guys, you know, you need to be good for your mummy and daddy. They're going for a tough time. They might not be working as much and et cetera, et cetera. And it's having that positive spin and, and it's it's funny because we've, we've been doing a lot of podcasts about it and stuff and the amount of instructors that are really resonating towards us now saying how can you be so positive in such a shit time yeah and i'm like you know what you've got to you've got to look at the opportunities and it goes down to that you know look for that look for those openings in a, in a rubbish time and um and the same yeah. thing with, with the Isn't it amazing how the, the same incident has happened to a group of people all in the same position and you get some of them see it as a negative situation and some of them see it as a positive situation. And I think there's some of them who see it as a positive is far fewer than yeah. the ones that see it as a, as a negative. And obviously you very much fall on the, on the positive side. Yeah. Um, and, and, and the other thing is when you're talking about trying to keep routine and things as a, as a parent who's now two days into homeschooling and trying to do some work, um, it's actually very stressful. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. and you and you can see how you can see how that's coming out in in the children as well. You know, you you don't realise, but they're they're absorbing it. So some normality and have some familiar faces, such as such as such as yours, sort of sort of coming in. I can see how that is a massive help to, yeah. um, to parents it, getting through it, it. It is, and and the bizarre thing is that you know where my my a lot of my instructors friends they're ringing me up saying I've lost twenty students today, I've lost thirty students today. I had a guy almost in tears ring me. I don't know what to do. I've had, I've had I've built this business. I was living the dream and I've had over 50 students all cancel on me because they can't make it to class, etc. I I know I'm going to touch wood now, but I've had one student suspend their, 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 their membership. And I've had three join, I've had three <laughs> join because they, they can't make it to class, but they want to join in wow. on my virtual classes. Wow. Brilliant. You know what I mean? And how, and how bizarre is that? That was, yeah. that was going to be my question, that um, with your attitude, I feel that you're actually going to go the other way. So you're not thinking, 
you're not saying I've, I've lost 20 or 30 students. I, I imagine you're thinking I can now gain an extra 20 or 30 students because I imagine you know, there's parents at home now that don't have to ha um, do uh, an hour round trip to take the kids to class to then yeah. wait, uh, you know, is a class at an average of an hour? Is that what's... Yeah, yeah. well, by the time you take in, um, um, by the time you get in uh, traffic and and all that sort of stuff on top of it. Like you say, sorry, my wife just opened the door there. I think she's going to bring me a cup of tea, but she saw us talking. Um, yeah, but it's like time taking um, traffic and getting them brushing from work and getting the tea down them and everything else. It's best part of an hour, hour and a half, isn't it? Sometimes for an hour's classroom, for a half an hour class, for 45 minute class. Where now, you know, they can do it in the comfort of their, their own home. And I have to be honest, I think there's going to be a massive shift in how what the new normal is i think normal what yeah. was normal two weeks ago is not going to be normal six months down the line three months down the line i think businesses are going to look at this and they're going to go, actually you know what we don't need these big offices we, we coped perfectly fine with you guys working at home actually we don't need those staff doing that we could do we can do it remotely we can we could build software that can do that i mean that's already ha already happens anyway but I think, um, you know, maybe it, it might get to the point where when people buy houses, they buy houses for a third room, not because they want to make it into an office, which is normally a junk room right, in most people's houses. Okay, maybe it's going to be the fitness room where they have a big screen on and every class is done remotely. You've got people like Joe Wicks on there and, you know, and, and I'm doing these sessions with the ninjas and you've got this, you can imagine, you could imagine how it could yeah. go mm. and... I want to be at the forefront of that, you know. I want to be. I want to be the leader in that because I feel this is the opportunity yeah. for that. And who knows? It might not go that way. But if it doesn't, you've lost nothing. And and it's been great for me because now I, you know, I can um, I could do my virtual classes. I can stream them to my students. Then I can package them up on Facebook and I can send them into groups of kids like mums groups that they're like pulling their hair out, not knowing what to do with their kids. And, oh, this looks cool. Let's do this. Where's this? And, and they could have it, they're having it for free and they're teaching their kids for free. So I feel like I'm actually giving back as well, you know, which is important. And, and I, I genuinely believe um, that like you look at the subscription models and things that you buy, it has to be a, a value offering, doesn't it? It has to be a fair offering value against what you'll get. So you're going to pay me this. I'm going to give you this. And it doesn't always have to be what you think it could be. You can stack that value up, can't you? Mm -hmm. In different ways. Yeah. Especially using virtual stuff and software stuff now. So based on what I'm what I'm quite keen on is again is just some some um, some quick tips and tricks to our audience is that um, what did you have to do to switch that around from being uh, an instructor in a physical capacity in a premises to live students where you know what give us give us and the audience some insight into what what you needed to do to in order to go live in a virtual sense um and i imagine part of that was going outside of your comfort zone so because it would be very easy for people to watch and listen to this thinking that even looking that you know looking at that you've got a boom arm there with a microphone people thinking well that's just what he does is he's tech savvy um, but I imagine you've been out your comfort zone. And, and I also imagine that this applies to yoga instructors, PTs that can do the same at home. So if you can give a bit of insight into how others can do what you've had to do. 
Yeah, well, I, I would say um, probably the first thing that you've got to do is have a shift of mindset. Okay, I think that's the, you know, that we'll get back to equipment and everything else in a minute, but I think it's having that shift of mindset. And don't get me wrong, when, when this coronavirus fit, I, I was like, shit. I had a real pity party for a couple of days thinking, what, you know, this, this could be the end of what I've just grown over 10 years. How the hell, you know, are we going to get around this? And I think the, the most important thing, and I, one day I'm going to do a podcast on it, or maybe we should all write a book on it, is about the, the five or six people in your life that you constantly speak to on a day-to-day basis. They're the people that change that mindset. Because if you're talking to people, if I'd spoke to a couple of friends and they said, sounds like you're knackered, Gav, I'll, I'll get out there and go and work and go and get a, I know there's jobs in the supermarket. Why don't you go and do that for a little bit and then build it up? And there would have been plenty of conversations like that going on. And people would have been like, actually, maybe I should do that. But when you've got people that look at things differently and you, you have those conversations and they're like, well, no, you've got to do it differently. So I think the first thing is having a mind, uh, mindset shift. But I think that also comes with self-education. And, you know, like what we talked about earlier on is, you know, listening to these audio books and listening to influential people and, um, and trying to take their advice and do what they do. Um, but in terms of technical expertise, I suppose, I mean, it's like, the, like you said, James, about um, putting yourself out of your comfort zone. You'll see, you guys will see this picture that's on my wall, actually, if I can find it. There you go. You read it. Okay, so what's so that reads a comfort zone is a beautiful place. Just lift it up, Gav. But nothing grows there. (laughs) I like that. Nice. Yeah, so the comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing grows there. And that that is so true. And you know, when, when when we started the podcast, um like you say, we, we didn't have any equipment. We didn't have any equipment. We, we downloaded a YouTube video on how to set your own podcast up. It gave you the equipment that you need to buy. So it went onto Amazon. I think we spent about 500 quid between us, bought a couple of microphones. And, and then, we, then we sat down in a room around the table and we went, shit, okay, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? And we said, well, let's just talk about ourselves. And it just sounded so weird. And it was so clunky and when you listen to the first episode that we did it just sounded so i mean i mean people probably don't even notice it because but for us it was so awkward we felt so awkward and it didn't feel and talk about you know i could you know being a martial artist and being a fighter um you know i'm used to getting in the ring and i'm used to getting on the mat and i'm used to getting you know the, the top fighter in the uk trying to smash my brains out and me being having that fear and that that feeling sick physically um but i had that feeling again doing the podcast i felt physically sick i was like this is so out of my comfort zone i cannot i can't do this you know i didn't want to we didn't know what to say we was umming and ahhing and you know, and I was like, right, we need to cut that out. We need to cut that out. You know, I can't, I can't be saying that. I can't need to cut that out. And it was so mentally exhausting. Um, and it's funny. And now nine months down the line, you know, we're interviewing some of the most influential martial artists in the world to the point where we went to Florida in January, you know, and that was all because of the podcast where we sat in Tampa Bay, overlooking Tampa Bay, in, 
interviewing one of the most influential martial artists in the world and was having a cup of tea and just chatting like like friends and it is it's weird that transition that you've gone from that was only nine months right and now it doesn't feel like we're out of our comfort zone we, we set the mic up anywhere and we just chat to people and we don't even think about it now yeah. it's now going online virtually now again i had that a little bit not as much but i had a little bit of that feeling the other day before i was about to do my first session i thought well, what I've, I've geared all this up i've told instructors how awesome it's going to be i've done this now i've got to deliver my first couple of classes and everyone loved it you know and people were messaging me saying that was so awesome and there was like 50 people on the class at one point you know and it was great i just big screen i could see all my, see all my students and i was keeping them punching and shouting and in their, in their equipment with their belts on stuff like that on the big screen and I think I've just built up this resilience and built up this resistance over time by constantly putting myself out of my comfort zone. Every time I'm in my comfort zone now, I know that I'm not going to grow. So I've got to do something else that makes me feel physically sick. I, when, when, I used to, when I used to fight, you know, I used to feel physically sick before I stepped on the mat. Before I started the podcast, I used to feel physically sick. Before I used to do a Facebook Live, I used to feel physically sick. Now I'm like, right, what's the next level? I know the next level. We need to go and buy a, a five million pound business. That's what we need to go and do. <laughs> we need to put everything on the line, and then we need to feel physically sick again. And then, yeah. but then you know you're doing the right thing. Nine times out of the ten, when you feel, you know, you think about when um, when you guys met your wives, going back when you were younger, and or you met your first girlfriend or whatever. Remember that? Remember how you used to feel before that time? You knew you had to ask her to ask her out on a date. That whole, oh my gosh, what if they say no? It's, it's that, isn't it? But then yeah, yeah. you do it and you get stronger and you get stronger and then it becomes easy. It's like yeah. to the point where like, you start pinching their bums in nightclubs. <laughs> <laughs> not, that I ever did, not that I ever did that in my, in my teenage years. <laughs> Speak for yourself, Gav. Speak for yourself. And what I'm keen on, Gav, is uh, just take back, because you mentioned about that you, um, you built a, a Europe of security before you made the switch within sure. business. Um, and um, I've been very fortunate to, and it's been a, a, a wonderful position of mentoring people, delivering seminars. Um, and you often find, generally speaking, you get the people that will do that and they will build until they're at a point where they can safely tip or they'll just go for it and voluntarily are forced by going for it. Um, and I think we... we we certainly find ourselves now um, around the world, there'll be the millions of people now where they're forced into a position. Um, we go, if you had that time again, knowing what you know now, would you still choose to take that year or would you, would you, would you just go for it now? I mean, how have, yeah. have you changed? If that, came, if, that, if that moment came again, would you act quicker or would you still take the same, same path? It's a really good question. Um, because I think I'm still, there's still an element, element of me that likes that comfort blanket. I think there's probably a 20, 30% part of me that still likes to think, you know, if it all goes wrong, what's my biggest exposure, right? Mm -hmm. Now we had, I don't know, I didn't get to this, obviously I, I talked about my martial arts career, but um, sort of going back 20, 25 years ago, we had a surf shop. And um, um, we had a surf shop in the city centre of York. We used to sell. It was when Animal and Quicksilver and Billabong and all those brands were really big. 
and I'd just come back from my years traveling um, from Australia. And I'd come back, and all I saw was animal quicksilver and billabong. I come back, I met my wife, and about sort of six months, a year went down, and and then we turned. I kept talking about I want to open the surf shop, and eventually it sort of it built up on that. And we said, let's do it. Let's just do it then. And we did. And we were young. We had no business experience. The mistakes that we made was just, you know, you know, you look back and think, what, what were you thinking? Mm-hmm. You know, to the point where we were drowning and drowning in stock, you know, and cash flow was so tight. And it was all, all because we were, we were being bullied by the reps, you know, oh, you need this, you need this brand, not, not bullied in that, in that way, but they were, yeah. they were sales, they were salespeople and we weren't yeah. experienced buyers, right? We were just a couple of young kids and they were experienced salespeople. And we were like, yeah, this is going to be the hottest brand. You need this. And then you said, no. And, you, and we kept looking at the money. And I was like, oh, no, yeah, but yeah, do you, yeah, but you need this. You need this in your store. Don't get this. And the next thing you know, the, the, we got these big, you know, and we were just drowning and drowning in stock. And um, we lasted six years. And we had two or three years, which was really good. And then the internet really started. This was when, this was, when we opened, there wasn't the internet. Or not the internet as we had know it now. Um, websites didn't exist when we opened and during the course of that six years you know facebook came along during that time i remember having my first facebook invite during that time when i was in the shop so i don't know what year it was and then um and then websites then we built our website and then what happened is people were started coming into our store and they were like trying on a snowboard jacket which two years ago they would bought it they would have bought a 500 pound snowboard jacket where they, and they, they started coming in and get a bit more savvy and go, oh, I like this. Could you tell me what brand it is? Could you tell me what? And so all they, we knew that they were going to go home and they were going to look for someone selling a jacket like that with no overhead. So we were paying light, heat, power, staff, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and then they were, you know, someone else was, was basically benefiting. We were taking all the risk and someone else was benefiting. So uh, year six, we struggled to get out of the lease. Um, we managed to walk away just, but that period when we were losing money every week, it got to the point where we were opening the doors on a Saturday and then we had to pay the bills on the Monday and whatever we earned on that Saturday got paid into bills on the, on the, on the Monday and that, and I think a lot of it now comes back to, I'm not going to put myself in that position again. You know, I don't, I will do it and I will take a bit of a risk, but I'm not an all in risk taker i don't think no i think i still need having two kids and a wife and a house and a mortgage i still need to know that what my exposure is at any one time and that was the first thing that we said when the coronavirus i sat down i sat down with rach and i said right what's our exposure how much we have in the bank how much we got in the business accounts let's see how long could we last without any without a penny and that was the first thing and when we actually looked at it thought actually you know what we could probably last quite a while if we really needed to. Then, literally from week to week to situation, we just got to make the best of it. We got to diversify. We got to use that money to put into something else and and try to and try to grow while everyone else is. Yeah, a bit of a long-winded answer, I suppose, James. <laughs> So, no, great answer and, and certainly some insight there, Gav. Um, certainly yeah, insight that, that I wasn't aware of. Um, yeah, for sure. 
Um, so I know, so Gav, I know that you've, uh, you've also, you've, you've ventured into Airbnb over the past um, 12 months. Yeah. Uh, along with the, the stock market. And I know you stock, your stocks and shares have obviously been very up and down. Um, yep. Airbnb, how have you, how have you found that um, like over the past like few weeks? We, where, 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 have you, where have you got to with, um, with that industry? Yeah, well, it's again. It was interesting because you know we've got um, we do we do the rent to rent model, as you know. So um, we're not purchasing properties; we're actually renting them from landlords um, properly. It's not subletting. We're doing it properly. We're doing it on like a commercial um, a commercial lease for um, three to five years. With a, with a, but they all have um, get out get out clauses in them in the event of such a situation as we're in now, again, it comes down to what's my exposure. Okay. And I'm not being, I'm not signing something for a five year lease without some sort of get out because I always want to have that, um, you know, that access to all that release if I need it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so we started that. So we did a rent to rent model. Um, we kitted them all out and they're in city center of York. So they're in a buoyant place and they've actually performed really, really well. Um, and now we've just got to the point now where we've just taken another one on literally a week before the coronavirus hit. Um, and straight away, oh, cancellation, bing, cancellation, bing, cancellation, bing, can that was just all. And my wife was like, everyone's cancelled. I said, well, don't worry, they're going to they're gonna be cancelled. Would you cancel? I was like, well, yeah, well, don't worry about it. Let's just, let's just sit tight. You know, there's, there's a little bit of money in the bank to, to tighten us over. But in the worst case, we hand the properties back to the landlord and we say, look, you know, again, it, it was an interesting conversation because we were talking about where does the book stop, right? Does, you know, so the cleaner doesn't get paid. Okay. But then she will say, well, I want to be paid. And you say, well, I can't pay the cleaner because we haven't any bookings. And then you say to the landlord, we can't pay your rent because we haven't any bookings. And then the landlord takes sense, goes to the mortgage company and says, I can't pay the mortgage because my I can't pay the rent because my my tenant can't get any bookings and it's just and then we're like well, actually well we shouldn't necessarily be taking the full brunt of that because there's quite a few of us in the chain so should we be paying full rent to our landlord and then and then just taking it or should we be saying well, actually we're going for a tough time at the moment we can only afford to give you half um, you know you go to your mortgage company and you have that conversation as well. Um, and let's be fair about that, you know, about it. You know, we want to keep the houses. And again, the time will come again when we're when when it's buoyant in York, and then we can then maybe give you some sort of profit share. We can give you a bit extra when that happens. But in the meantime, let's just look at you know, what we can do to survive. Um, but over the last couple of days, since we've gone into lockdown, things have changed because people are stuck in the UK and they can't get home, and they don't want to be in hotels because you can pass the coronavirus around easy in, a, in, the, in the commercial areas. So what they're doing, they're hiring, they're booking houses for months at a time. So all of a sudden, we're getting inquiry after inquiry, a week here, a week there, a month. Everyone wants to say, well, can I have the house for longer if I need it? And so what we've done is, is reduce our prices right down. So we would have maybe charged 80, 90 pound a night in city centre York at Easter. We're charging 30 pound a night. And we're basically, we're basically getting our money back. We're not making any profit and we're not trying to pad the bank account in the time like now, because I think it's a case of karma and it's a case of giving back. I think sometimes 
as a people mm-hmm. that are in real shit situations out there. Um, and so it's a case of let's see if we can get enough in to keep our cleaner on the books. Let's see if we can get enough in to keep our laundry going on the books. So they're there when we need them, when we can go back again. And let's see if we can get enough money in to pay the rent. And if we can do that and then forget about the houses for a couple of months and concentrate on our main businesses, yeah. um, then I think we'll be in a good position when, when it all rolls over. And I think going back to mindset, I think a lot of people would have said, let's just get rid of them. Let's just sell. Let's just give them back to the landlord and think, and I think it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a judgment call, isn't it? it? It's difficult sometimes. And sometimes, you know, what I say, the harder I work, the luckier I become. And it's not necessarily <laughs> always luck, is it? It's those little things you've done along the time. Yeah. I'm, wear, I'm wearing my ironic T-shirt today. Oh, oh, look at that. Like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, over the past few days or week, is there anything that you've purchased that you wouldn't normally have bought to get you through either in a business or in your home life through this like lockdown situation. Excluding multi-packs of toilet tissue. Yeah. Excluding the year's supply of toilet roll. Well, I was going to get some condoms, but I thought, well, actually, um, the kids are off school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So (laughs) I have bought, would you like to see if I can? Uh, Whoa, whoa, whoa. What are you getting? the first because because it's going back to the live streaming my my thought process was this so we're we we're we're with sky broadband and um i thought right so i'm going to be doing live streaming for my very livelihood over the next one month two months six months a year who knows how long this is going to last right and is it going to be the norm like i mentioned before so my thought process was, well, if everybody's going to be at home, then everybody's going to be on Wi-Fi. They're not going to be using their 4G. They're going to be smashing that Wi-Fi, and it's going to affect the it's going to affect the bandwidths, and it's going to affect, and it's going to and and as we've seen, a lot of sites are crashing. I mean, Zoom crashed, didn't it, recently? As we're on now, yeah. as did um, I forget Tesco's Tesco's last night crashed. Because yeah. Boris said something like, um, you know, if you're going to get food, I recommend you use the online supermarket. Oh, yeah. So across, across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. we had a delivery today and Rachel said to me, can you see if you can get a few extra things on? I went on there and I just could not get on. So it was, it was totally crazy. So my thought process was, right, I need to get a stream. So I went out to three network and I bought one of those 4G um, streaming devices. It's like a, it's like a router. That it works off unlimited 4G um, because my my thoughts were no one's going to be anywhere so the 4G masts are probably not going to be I, I'm not that technical so I don't know if that affects it but I would have thought the more people that are using it slow as what it does I don't know again I don't know it might just be me but that was my idea but so far it has proven true because streaming that I've been doing um, in my house I've been using the 4G network and it's been strong and not not to mention that the kids are at home of course they're on their xboxes they're on their phones the wife's on her on the on the laptop so that's all bringing it down so that was again um a pretty good decision i think and again it comes back to taking ownership you know you can't just sit and say oh bloody hell it's a nightmare you know think about what can okay what do i need you know what do i need in in this in this situation 
Yeah. No, so that answers you. Answers you quite. I can't show you Phil because if I pull it, it's gonna. I'm probably gonna <laughs> lose connection with you guys. No, <laughs> our, uh, our viewers and listeners will uh, will have picked up on this. There's been you know there's been issues throughout it, uh, at times with the uh, with the signal. So um, first of all, like apologies to our viewers and listeners, but also thanks for people to uh, sticking around and, and continuing to to experience this this episode. Um, cause it's it's not ideal, but you know these are some of the things that we're dealing with, and we could either choose to to stop it but we've carried on and cracked on and I think that's something that would all advise people to just just do under these uh, under these challenging times really um Gav before we sign off there was something that you said and um you said you spoke about being um, in your mid 40s and um and how you you wished um you know the technology wasn't around when you were younger and you wished it had um yeah. and and what what came to mind, what sprung to mind was I, 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 um, I watched a Ricky Gervais interview um, about a week ago and um, he didn't make it until he was 40. You know, his big break was when he was 40. And he, yeah. said, he remembers um, uh, being elated to his wife with everything that was happening. And, and he turned to him one day and said, you know, this is just amazing, isn't it? I, I should have been doing this years ago. And she, uh, her instant response was, but you wouldn't have been as good as you are now you wouldn't have been good enough yeah. and um and i think i'd like to know your thoughts just just briefly on um because we we you know we all i've done it myself but i think god if i was if i was 15 and all of this technology and be doing youtube channels and being an influencer and connecting with people and all of that but um but i think you know if what's your take on the amount of people in your in a similar position at your age and because of they're in a similar position and an age, aren't doing it, and you've chosen to. Um, yeah. Yes, you're not 20. Yeah, you're not 25. That you might have been more ideal with more energy or or time on your hands. But do you do you consider yourself that that maybe positioned yourself better with your business in your marketplace um, because because of your age and because you went for it? For sure, I I think, um, and I we've had conversations full about this. I think that the late 30s, early 40s, at the moment, have got the best opportunity ever. I genuinely think we have got the best opportunity ever than, than, than generations have had to succeed. And I'll, I'll tell you why. So if you're, if you're in your 20s, okay, yes, you can maybe read a bit more. Yes, you can use online, you know, listen to podcasts. Yes, you can listen to audiobooks. Do you really want to do that in your 20s? I know I didn't want to do that in my 20s. I was too busy getting drunk and traveling and meeting girls and doing all the stuff that 20-year-olds should do, right? So for us to expect the youngsters to be any different, I think, they're just going to look for different ways of having that fun, aren't they? Whether it's, you know, whether it's, um, like I say, alcohol or whether it's... Um, you know festivals and music or whatever it's going to be I, I don't know you know what that's what that generation is going to be doing now really because i've not because i've not really got any friends that are in their 20s anymore and my kids are a little bit younger so i don't really know what those what the sort of 20 somethings do um these days but i would imagine it's their only fee i mean let's just let's talk about the coronavirus i mean they're they're saying on the news aren't they it's the 20s and the 25 they're like well it's not we're not going to get it selfish we're not going to get it yeah but what about passing on to well we don't care we're still going to go out and party because we're in our 20s or whatever and then that's a lot of the attitude isn't it so i think the 20 gap 
they're not gonna they're not gonna be interested in business and interested in providing for themselves. Then you reach the thirties, and then you tend to have children, and you got a youngster and whatever, and you may have a job because that's what society said you have to do. You have to go to work, and you have to get education, son, and you have to get a job, and you have to get married. And the majority of the population go down that route. That's why you've got universities and, you know, isn't it? You know, that's why you don't have entrepreneur centers rather than universities. Maybe that's, that's, maybe that's the next best thing. Of course it is. We need entrepreneur centers, not universities. Right? <laughs> Digital. Digital yeah, entrepreneur exactly. because, the, because the majority of the population think on down those lines and go down that education system, don't they? You know, go to work, get your education, get a job. And then you get married and then you've got your kids. And then that brings you to your sort of mid thirties. And then something then might turn around and go, actually, you know what, you know, I'm going to start self-educating and doing whatever. But then look at the other side, you've got the older generation. So the people in their fifties and sixties that are not averse to technology, that they're not, they don't understand technology. They don't understand the internet. They don't understand software. They don't understand. And they run their businesses for a long time using pen and paper and sending out invoices and um, doing it all themselves where all of a sudden you've got the 40 something where we're not interested in partying as much as we used to. Yeah. Well, yeah. We've got a family and we want to go out for nice meals and, but you're not going to catch us in nightclubs, right? And, and sniffing glue. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> unless, unless that's what happens in your house, Phil, I don't know. <laughs> So, Is that what you used to do, Gav? Is that, yeah, yeah. That? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not condoning that. By the way, it was a bit of a joke. <laughs> um, so, struggling to get my glue right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Everywhere's out of stock. So, so you've got, um, so you've got your twenties, then you've got your thirties, then you've got all of a sudden you've got people like us in our in our early to mid forties who are starting to think, right, we've got to, we want to, we want to get to a, a nice place where we can provide for our families. And we don't want to have to do the daily grind all of until we're in our 60s and 70s and 80s. You know, so you've got, and then you've got people like us who try to look outside the box. And then we're looking at other businesses where you've got your 50, 60 year olds running their business like they used to. Now, you, I think there's a massive opportunity for people to buy those businesses or to joint venture with those business people and say, look, Mr. Businessman who's running a laundrette or hey, Mr. Businessman who's running a, um a cafe you know why are you doing it like that there's much easier better ways to do it you can use software you can outsource you can use leverage you can use freelancers all over the world to, to build you a bit of software in seven days that could take away her job her job and her job and actually that struggling business doesn't become a struggling business it becomes a a, a good business that's starting to do well just because of a fresh set of, set of eyes and a different a different mentality and a different different type of business attitude on that business. So taking all that into consideration, I think people in our 40s now, if you've got the right mindset, have got an amazing opportunity. I mean, look at you guys. You do you started this podcast. You Let's, podcast. Uh, I would just like to point out I'm not in those the um above forties brackets. Just that's just the um oh. there. It's just a disclaimer. James, come on. Hard life. Hard life. It must I, have been I, I, over there. I did have the longest paper round um, at the shop. That was a fish, you know, that's normally a joke. I did have the longest paper round at the shop and I was an hour, I always arrived an hour earlier before the next person started theirs. So yeah, um, yeah, I'm still, I'm still young inside. But this, <laughs> <Of course> you, <laughs> are. 
but, but yeah, but I, I genuinely think it's a great opportunity for people who are prepared to step up and take it. There's a lot of people who talk about it and there's a lot of people who want to do it, but it's the, at the end of the day, it's the ones that are going to take the action. Um, and a bit like what you were saying about the podcast, my podcast, our podcast, myself and Jackson's, it's far from being perfect. It's definitely not a, a polished model as probably your guys, yours is it's a brand new podcast, but who cares? You know, people like things to be real and mm. it doesn't have to be um, amazing and excellent. You just got to step up and do it. If you've got an idea, you can take that idea to market in a week, right? If you know the right people and you can get it made and you've got a good brand digitizer in your team and you've got a good um, thought leader in your team and you've got somebody who's a good driving force in your team. You have all those people together. You can get a, you can get an idea. You can, you can build a landing page. You can take it to market. Okay. Or you can buy, um, buy businesses that are, that are, where the uh, the owner is looking at retiring, and that's certainly you know dreams that I've got. You know, you know, I think I've got obviously a friend Dean and we Phil and and James. You know, Dean, you know, who's doing that very same thing and he's looking for business opportunities that he can buy where he can make a difference. And because of the the advantage the advantages in sort of technology now, I think these opportunities are going to become more and more available. I think it's who's prepared to to take that risk and, and take them really. I think I've, based on that as well is this, I don't want the audience, uh, the, the viewers and listeners to think, well, you know, this talk about buying businesses, that's, you need loads of money to do all of that. What I want, I just want to flip that a bit. And, um, you know, the reason why we're building our audience and building a community with the business lockdown is you mentioned there that, you know, if you need certain people around you with different skills, abilities, mindset, you know, we're building a community here um, where you can reach out and ask for that help. And people have just, uh, I think we, we welcomed um, uh, our members yesterday and I think we had like 60 or 70 people all respond with what they do and offering help to every other member. And that was in, that was in our second day, first, second day. Um, so, so, and, it's, and, it's, and it's continuing to grow and it feels amazing to be doing this. Um, so on that note, Gav, yeah, but Gav just, 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 be, just before you finish, I just want to add, James, you're right, and exactly what you've said, right? It's not, I don't believe it's about money. I don't believe it's about money. The two things you need are your health, so you have a lot of energy, okay, and the knowledge. And the thing that I was saying to instructors was, okay, I, it took me 10 years to build my brand and my business. If, it, if I lost it because of the coronavirus, do you think it would take me another 10 years to rebuild it again? It wouldn't, would it? Because I've made those mistakes. I know what to do. And again, it's about knowledge, isn't it? And again, I was talking, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they're saying about um, if you've got energy and you've got the right mindset, you don't need money. There are people with money who you can buy. You could go to, let's say when all this blows over, if you found a business and you thought that seems like a brilliant business to buy, there's millionaires all over the world sat on money making zero interest in their bank account. Who knows? It might even be minus interest the way it's going, if it can go down any further, right? So if, you're, if, you're, if you've got a passion for something, you can say, look, look, Mr. Joint Venture, you know, Mr. Mr. Investor, I've got a great idea. Let's joint venture. You provide the money, I'll provide the time and the energy. Because they may be 60s and 70s, they may be in their 70s, and they're, 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 
um, what's the word? Time poor, but money rich. Is that is that the, that the phrase? I forget now. Where you might be energy rich, but money poor. So you can provide the idea and the energy. They can provide the money. And next thing you know, you've got a 50-50 joint venture. They know the risk. You know, you're prepared to do it. You sell them it. And, and loads of massive businesses have started that way, haven't they? You know, look, yeah, at, absolutely. look at people like Rob Moore, you know, and a lot of, you know, Rob, you know, a lot of the people listening will know about Rob Moore. And, you know, he never had the money. It was his partner, Mark Homer, that had the money. He was the one that said to him, you know, look, I've got the idea. You've got the money. Let's do it. And now, now they're a, a multi-million pound, you know, biggest property business in the world, property training business in the world. You know, and it wasn't because he had the money. He just had the brains and the idea and he convinced someone who had the money to join joint venture and to do it. So I would say, don't, you know, I suppose advice to people out there, don't ever be put off thinking you need lots of money to, to become a business owner. You've just got to have an idea and then look for those angles and that pivoting that we talked about earlier on. Um, that would certainly be my advice, certainly what I've learned over the last four or five years for sure. You know, and the people I've met along that journey. Yeah. Well, I think under the under the current circumstances, uh, uh, unfortunately, so in one way is that a lot of people are going to find themselves time rich, uh, and it's it's what they do um, with that time. You know, when you we we, we the people that we're interviewing and speaking with in our network uh, are all kind of um, glass half full mentality, and you've certainly. Um, provided that throughout your interview today gab so uh, yeah, it's been great, it's, been good. It's, great. It's, it's nice to be uh, be interviewed as opposed to being the interviewer <laughs> yeah well it seems like you've enjoyed it we've we've uh, we've certainly enjoyed having you on gab so gavin cook uh, thanks very much and um, where can people find you so uh, what's your website what's your social hooks okay so you catch me on facebook um obviously gavin cook on facebook the martial arts um is called train taekwondo schools so you'll catch us under traintaekwondo.co.uk. Um, on your the podcast is called the Motivated Martial Artists. Okay, so you can catch us under that. So the Motivated Martial Artists.co.uk and Motivated Martial Artists.com. That's our podcast. So uh, again, we're up to episode 45, 46 now. So uh, we're flying That's ahead, mm-hmm. and then um, we're hoping to get our first book written when we get to episode 50 of all of our awesome interviews that we've had a chance to do which would be really cool so uh yeah so hit me up guys if you're out there and you, you know like I say you want to have a chat and you want to connect and you've got any um anything that resonates with what i've said and what you know you know what i've been through and what we've done um like i say speak to james speak to phil speak to me it'd be be great to connect you know it's all about networking and and meeting like-minded individuals i think you know and that's you know you, 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 your net worth is your net your network right Absolutely. On that note, yeah, thanks very much, Gav. Thanks, Phil. Thanks, James. See you soon. Thank you so much for joining us on the Business Lockdown. Please comment, like, share and subscribe to help build our global community. We look forward to seeing you all soon.